My favorite season of all time because it's just, well, the, the best one. Whichever one you call it, whether it be fall or autumn, it's just amazing. And if you disagree, well, you can go straight f yourself because you're wrong. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Falling Leaves Shepherd. And this is Mitchell Manley, Autumnal Apparition. You bring in the spooky. Yeah, I like I love the word autumnal. It's a very fun word for me to say. I'm gonna try not to overuse it in this episode, but it's just a really good fun I've, word to say. I've looked at the notes. It's everywhere. Yeah. And apparition, you know, definitely wanna get the spooky vibes happening. Yeah, because as we inch closer to Halloween. The best of holidays. I agree with that. There's candy. We have candy downstairs, too. I will probably take some Snickers. from you. Snickers. Uh, Dakota picked it out so you know it's not garbage candy. Yeah. Um, we we had Song of the Summer. Mm -hmm. We did do that. And it actually got cool. Yeah. And I was like, we should, everybody celebrates Song of the Summer. Nobody celebrates Song of the Fall. Right. And I was like, you know who needs to have their song? fall does because they don't get any love right especially since fall is probably my favorite time of year honestly i love the winter as well but fall is just perfect weather the sun likes to hide behind the clouds and that brisk that brisk thing that happens in the morning it's just like ah oh. but it's not like horrible yeah it's, it's good. perfect i love it yeah it's perfect so this week songs of the fall you brought so yeah i brought uh american football their song never meant sure what it is about this song that reminds me of autumn the lyrics themselves do mention an autumn night uh, but even without that reference i think i would still it would still like evoke that fall season for me something about the thickly layered wistful reminiscent chimey guitars just puts me in this autumnal landscape <laughs> in my mind uh much like the spirit of fall you know uh, the song is is very colorful and dynamic and lots of movement and lots of ebb and flow and i also love that the main motif for the song is in an odd time taking Odd time signature as well, which okay. is twelve eight. So twelve eight means that the eighth note gets the beat, and there's mm -hmm. twelve beats per measure. Correct. But that means that instead of a quarter note getting the 
fuck all of them. <laughs> fuck it all. So yeah, the music nerds will know. Uh, they'll they'll notice that main riff is in twelve eight, which I think is really cool. And so the, I didn't. I'm a music nerd. It's just I have no uh, rhythm. Right. So yeah, <laughs> so you're I not gonna catch on to no. that. Yeah, that, that weird rhythm kind of adds an interesting lilt that sort of disorients you and puts you in an interesting headspace as well. And then the lyrics talk about falling out of love and wanting to just forget everything that you shared with that person and pretending that everything you ever said was never meant. And just as like fall has leaves turning and, and falling, uh, the death for the sake of rebirth, this song kind of evokes that sense of watching something beautiful fade and disappear and hoping that the pain and, and heartache will make way for something just as beautiful to reemerge. Oh, see? <laughs> you put it much better than Aww. I. So I think that's autumnal mm -hmm. because it's autumn before the frigid winter. That is the death of a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So that, you know, at the end of a relationship after, you know, it fell apart is horrible and cold and just ugh. So I I felt like that was definitely the line drawn there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it there's actually such love in this voice as he's saying, we're just going to pretend like this never happened. It's not what really, but there's like somehow he evokes like that kind of wistful I'm still like attached to you but this is definitely falling apart thing and mm -hmm. eh, you know leaves are falling we love the colors and the crunch but still the death of the leaves and the grass and the flowers and so it's also the death of the relationship and everything starts back over again because that's usually how cycles go right yeah so also it's so pretty it was just, yeah, a, it's pretty just a, song. a beautiful song it's one of my favorite songs of all time and i I hate 12-8. Whenever I see 12-8, I'm just like, no. Nope. And you tricked me into liking something in 12-8. Yes. It's like 7-4, except 7-4 makes sense to me because a quarter note. Just all I'm saying. What if it was 7-8? Mm, no. No. That, no. 7-8's way more fun than 7-4, but. No. That's, that's a different podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying that having just counting to 7 is a lot easier than trying to remember that the 8th note gets the beat when you've always thought about it as 1 and 2. <sighs> Music theory with Amy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I brought something a little different. Um, it was in the back of my mind pretty much the whole time that I wanted to do something somewhat classical or piano or pretty much wordless. And I brought Wendy Carlos's version of Bach's Wacket Auf. always made me feel like it's a cold morning and big ropes and blankets and stuff um 
On the weekends, I used to sleep on this unheated waterbed. Have you ever slept on an unheated waterbed? I have. It's yes. not fun. It's very cold, but you wake up freezing, and I didn't really get upset because that room had the CD player that had this CD in it. Right. So I um, I used to fall asleep to this, and it always makes me think of like that chill. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, if it's an unheated waterbed, oh, you're yeah. going to feel the chill. So... This song also is very perfect and kind of, it's like cyclical as well. And, you know, Bach is amazing. Bach on Moog by Wendy Carlos. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's amazing. And that's the thing that she didn't really stray that far away from the original, you know, like composition, but she just proved in 1968 that a synthesizer can sound this good because people thought there were just going to be boops and beeps. But it's just the synthesizer adds this very ethereal, probably harpsichord-like feel to it. And it just just makes me feel like fall. And fall is my favorite season because my birthday. (laughs) Yeah, I think that... uh, I think that a lot of people were thinking with synthesizers uh, that it's going to sound very inhuman. Yeah. In a way that, you know, traditional keyboard instruments wouldn't. But I think that this definitely proves otherwise. It's so moving. Like, <coughs> I can put this song in my car and just be like, get a little misty eyed. I just love it. Oh, yeah, it. for sure. <laughs> it's so good. And just discovering box music in earnest was like a turning point in my appreciation for classical music. And the only way that you can one up that is by playing it on Moog synthesizers. So <laughs> Wendy Carlos's arrangement is perfect, like modernizes the sound and makes it speak to a new generation, but still preserves that subtlety and like the clever chord trickery that Bach laid down. Uh, one of my favorite tricks from Bach is the way that he resolves phrases. And this selection shows it off pretty well. Like most most popular composers before Bach would wrap up progressions in like a fairly particular standard way, like very precise and very predictable. Uh, but Bach had a way of like lingering and doubling mm-hmm. back on the on the phrase and making you wait a few extra measures before he resolved <laughs> it, uh, and that it adds an interesting form of like tension and release. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Wendy Carlos captured that very well. Yeah, and I, I was gonna say Toccato and Fugue did not yeah. sound as like pleasant as it, but sure. it also because it's always sort of associated with like Halloween. Um, or I don't know. I used to play a spooky little video game that had the had to cut on a few, but there's something very crisp, and maybe it's the crispness as well. That's yeah, sure. Like, oh, oh, also, I love Wendy Carlos. Um, our ear buddies brought a ton of fall selections. Yeah, we had a bunch of really good ones. And I realized my notifications are off, and I did not see all of them piling on, but I would see a long list, and I was like, oh, I need to get in on this. Um, Asia is our first ear buddy. She brings, surprisingly, sixpence none the richer's falling leaves. My emotions are deceiving me, blinding my eyes from my nature, robbing my quiet solitude of
If you can break past the bubblegum of Kiss Me, the Sixpence catalog has some real gems. This Beautiful Mess is by far their best album, but if you go back to their debut, you find this song, which never fails to transport me. I don't know what I was expecting. I realized I'd only listened to Kiss Me a billion times at every single school dance possible. Yeah, definitely. And it is, this is like a, a solid jam that's not necessarily as like poppy as you would expect. And there's like guitar riffing and it's just, I don't know. I, I, I kept forgetting what the lyrics were, but I'm pretty sure there was a metaphor that was really good about falling leaves, and I missed it because I kept just listening to all of the textural things that were happening, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, lots of cool stuff going on in this one, and like even despite the the bubblegummy side and how much Kiss Me got overplayed on every radio station and in every movie and at every school dance. Yeah, uh, I've never been able to hate on Sixpence Sixpence None the Richer <laughs> other than their ridiculous name, I suppose. Uh, they definitely knew how to craft like the pop hits. But their other songs are super engaging and listenable as well. Uh, if this song were like played on some slightly crunchier electric guitars instead of mostly acoustic guitars, it'd actually sound like a pretty decent like Pearl Jam B-side oh, or something. Yeah, I can yeah, hear like that. Yeah, put Eddie Vedder's vocals on it. And, I know, but they're not nearly as smooth and soft. Right. <laughs> uh, and also has like some twinkling guitars in the chorus that sort of emulate the falling of leaves, mm-hmm. which is a cool little textural effect that uh, shows up in that American football song uh, as well. And yeah, I know they in a few other insects. selections. They had insects in there at the very end too, right? Um, that's on a different uh, one, I think. All right. Justin W. brings Elliot Smith's Twilight. You don't deserve to be lonely But those drugs you got won't make you feel better Pretty soon you'll find it's the only Little part of your life you're keeping together to you, nice to you. I could make it through, make it through. But you're already somebody's baby. I could make you smile if you stayed a while. But how long will you stay with me, baby? Everyone thinks of one Elliot Smith song, generally. They think about that one from the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, that was uh, Needle in the Hay, right? Yeah, Needle in the Hay. And what I liked about this one is this one's like, this one somehow became more delicate and somewhat chilling mm-hmm. and um, than Needle in the Hay was. Uh, I almost feel like this is like the yellow ginkgo leaves. And they, like, start turning yellow and falling, and there's the sound of the insects at the end. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I don't know. There's... The way Elliot Smith sings a song or sang a song is absolutely chilling and very autumnal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of his songs carry this kind of quality of, like, delicate and easily broken yeah, definitely. Uh, he was a very fragile man. Yeah. Uh, and his songs reflected that. I've al- I've also always thought that this song was very autumnal. It seems like 
hanging outside on a temperate night, like having those deep late night conversations with somebody. Uh, this was the first Elliott Smith song that ever hooked me really, really hard. I remember my friend Elaine Mooney was, she loaned me a bunch of like really great records when we worked at Office Max together, including Team Boo by Mates of State, which became one of my all time favorite records, but also From a Basement on the Hill, which is uh, the Elliott Smith record that this song comes from. And I was a casual fan for a few months up until then and like enjoyed a couple of his songs, but never really sought out his records. Uh, but then I put on this album during my lunch break one day and got to this song and I just started tearing up, like listening to it in my car in the mm-hmm. Office Max parking lot. It's such a simple song, but like so beautifully written and holy crap, the harmonies. <laughs> uh, after that, I was hooked and just devoured everything Elliot Smith. And now I go through at least once a year, there'll be a good two weeks where I just like hide in my room and listen to Elliot Smith. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But you've yet to cut your beard to needle in the hay. <laughs> right. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad. That's actually pretty good. The rest of the scene was terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's just such fragility in it. I don't know. There's Elliot Smith just made music. So, mm, that's that's my word for that. Just, mm. Mm. David totally changes the tone. With, yeah. With Earbuds and Earworms, one of favorite bands, probably one of the most cited, uh, The White Stripes, Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground. Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground When I know you're not around Shining tops and soda bottles When I hear lips make a sound When I hear lips make a sound kicking from the white stripes i actually say this song is like if you are kicking dry leaves off the sidewalk it's like jaunty and kind of like scratchy because this is i mean that's the white stripes like kind of sound but it it's just jaunty and it's end of a season it's somewhat celebratory but not really and kind of scratchy and that's my description of it from a non-music standpoint (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, when, for me, whenever the White Stripes like first got big on MTV with "Fell in Love with a Girl," I wasn't like immediately convinced that they were anything special. But then I heard this song a few months later. I was like, "Oh, yeah. I get it now. This band is like a thrashing good time," you know. Mm-hmm. And so I love that he still captures that autumn vibe with like a more upbeat song. Uh, and then the dead leaves on the dirty ground imagery like sinks in pretty easily and evokes a rainy October, November, maybe like going for a cathartic walk through the woods or something. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that squish of all the yeah. leaves that have been like crunched for a while and it's just flattened. Right, exactly. And then the guitars in the verse are a little crunchier than that American football song or the Sixpence None the Richer song, but it still has like a jangly, twinkly quality that kind of parallels leaves falling and accentuates that mood within the song. Uh, in the thread, our ear buddy Justin Wright also suggested the song We Are Gonna Be Friends. <laughs> which also has a distinct autumnal vibe to it and happens to be one of my favorite White Stripes songs. So 
You guys yeah. can listen to that one too. It's also a very good fall song. I love the White Stripes, and I love Jack White's music too. I just yeah, his it. solo stuff's also pretty great. Uh, did you go to the Blunderbuss show? I didn't. Oh man, that was okay. It was in Jackson, Tennessee. It was a miracle that Jack White went to Jackson, Tennessee. Oh wow! At this, when at, was this? Uh, it was October of 2012 because wow. Ella just turned one, and it yeah. was my first real night out. Was to yeah. a Jack White concert. Yeah, In Jackson. That's strange. At I, the Carl I can't believe Perkins. I didn't know about that. It was the Carl Perkins Civic Center. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I thought it was great. And a miracle. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Quincy brings John Carpenter's Abyss. It's super Halloweeny, and it's by John Carpenter. So of course it's like Halloweeny, and this has nothing to do with a specific Halloween movie. I don't think that is John Carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is just—it's creeping, and it's synth, and it's got like these like—it's truly virtuosic. Like there's a lot of really hard stuff that's happening in here, and then like you have this like little repetition to build the tension. And then it's like a slide down. And then we go into like this whole other different thing that's like just a, I mean, the whole song's a journey. It's different textures. It's different settings. Like you can build the creepiest thing in your mind. And then at the end, it gets kind of like poppy and a little disco-y. Yeah. 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 So this is from, uh, I believe it was the debut album of, of John Carpenter, uh, who did tons of film scores. And I didn't realize until I was doing the the research for this that he actually directed Halloween and a bunch of those other movies as well so oh I thought you knew that I I had no idea I knew he was uh, a composer but I had no idea he also directed the movies I thought they were called like John Carpenter's scary movie maybe they were I just you know maybe I was I was too young when all that stuff was coming out but uh yeah so these songs weren't for any particular movie but i mean i'll I'll fight you if you tell me this wasn't destined to be in one of the halloween films (laughs) uh it's very dark and brooding and and haunting i'm definitely like terrified to turn any corners or look under any beds after listening to it but you're also being forced to turn corners and look under beds because of the song that's true exactly (laughs) it kind of uh it kind of urges you to do that Uh, I also love that it isn't just exploring a single motif like you might expect from like a singular John Carpenter track. Uh, The album was meant to explore songwriting and make things fuller and more complete. 
and he really makes sure that each song actually goes somewhere rather than just taking a linear path and providing like a simple mood and writing it out. He actually makes the songs go somewhere unique uh, where it's not just from A to B in a single mood, you know? Yeah, and I like the fact that, you know, he's known for soundtracks and, and like, building these scary things. But mm-hmm. this is definitely not, hey, here's the scary theme. This is the girl going down to the basement with no lights on right. and, like, you know, all of those little things that... They're, it's not just a snippet of terror. It's the whole journey of right, terror exactly. in like six minutes. So I, I thought it was amazing. You thought of John Carpenter as a composer. I thought of him as a director. Yeah. So I didn't really know that he yeah, did it's all the music. Yeah. So it's really cool. Ben brings, and I'm going to butcher this name, Ilias Ahmed's Perfect. Amazon. It's an autumn in a song, eerie, sort of cold, acoustic-driven, beautiful, and sleepy. All right, you can attest. I did write Ermagerd. You did write Ermagerd <laughs> in all caps. Uh, this it does remind me of Sigaros and Yancy, but it has like instead of now there's like a little in the middle where it sounds possibly like there were lyrics, but this is like pure tones of a voice, and they're not just like made-up words. Uh, as far as I can tell, but I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know. <laughs> um, it's just sneaky and chilling and haunting. It's like easing you into this darkness. Right, that, yeah. Like, that's what fall is doing. It's easing us into the cold, dark winter. That's beautiful and poetic. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a great pick for the theme. I think Ben's description nails a lot about how I would define an autumnal song as well. It's like eerie but beautiful, kind of cold and sleepy. And the acoustic guitars, especially with the opening, open tuning that this guy uses, uh, definitely helps evoke a sort of reflective tone as well. Wait, what's open tuning? Okay, so uh, <laughs> standard guitar tuning is... E-A-D-G-C... B. Whatever. B. <laughs> uh, and if you strum that, it's kind of an ugly version of an E6 chord. Okay. Um, But... An open tuning is usually, they usually have a lot of unison strings, so a lot of strings tuned to the same note. Okay. Or it makes a chord whenever you play it, just with nothing uh, fretted at all. And so you can tell, like, it's very shimmery sounding in the the guitars. It has a lot of, like, unison notes. So I can imagine this is probably an alternate tuning or a or a uh, open tuning of some sort. That's so much more melodic than Primus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, so this song really has like all the things that Ben named, 
and like really leans into all those elements really hard. I can't really make out any of the words that he's singing. I think maybe I hear you and I being said possibly. I have no idea. And it may be in another language altogether, but uh, you know, I don't think that the vocals are meant to be a focal point anyway. Just another melodic element in the same way, like <laughs> Yancey from Cigarettes, like you said, uh, he he seems he sings in Hopelandic, which is. Uh, a semanticless yeah. language, you know, it's just w- beautiful sounding words. And so uh, in this case, he's using his voice to like create a very ghostly vibe, like an apparition, just like hanging outside your window, taunting you. Um, I'd definitely be interested in hearing uh, more of this dude's work. I really, really liked this one. Very atmospheric. It's like, I want to go. Ooh. Ooh. We, we still haven't quite nailed the, the sound yet. We got to work harder. Uh, John Scott brings Timber Timber lay down in the tall grass. You tripped over my sight and you dug me out of a shallow grave with your Swiss army knife and only you could revive me so badly decomposed I was bone white dry and scaly but you still took me home dreaming every night of you shaking at the sight of you I'll be dreaming every night of you How can you be so serene? Motivation unclear. He says, fall for me is wind blowing leaves down a deserted lane or an abandoned house in the moonlight. It's windows like sightless eyes. The song vibes hard like that. This song vibes hard like that. Um, First of all, Timber Timber is spelled not how I thought that it was going to be spelled at all. Just going to say. <laughs> There's, they switched the R and the E in the second one. Just saying. Uh, this is like that weird stretch on a cold morning when you're trying to ease yourself out of bed. And you don't want to leave the covers. But like you have to push that toe out. And it's like yeah. chilling. And it's like creeping up on you. And it's cold as fuck. But it's not frozen. And I can almost feel like he's having his coffee thoughts. He talks into the quiet. Well, actually, he sings into nothingness. Mm-hmm. Literally sings into nothingness. And then it's just like. We go back, and I'm just like, oh, how? How do you just do this? <laughs> Jeez, okay. And, yeah, that that is pretty much how, that's how I can describe that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got that eerie abandoned house vibe going on, and, like, uh, the YouTube comments point out that it has a similar progression and feel to I Put a Spell on You, that old Screaming Jay Hawkins song that was also in Hocus Pocus. Yay! Um, it's not like a direct rip by any means, but it has that sim. You know, I think that that similarity and feel kind of helps put you in that Halloweeny dead leaves blowing down an empty street mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lyrics sort of crept past me on the first listen, uh, but as I was listening again, I caught the lyrics about someone like coming along and tripping over his gravesite <laughs> and then digging him out with a Swiss Army knife, which is a lot of freaking work. Yeah, that is a lot of work. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I read the rest of the lyrics, uh, which are all spooky and vaguely macabre in some really cool ways. Uh, I, I definitely think this song of all of them is one that's going to stick with me for the rest, uh, <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. This one's got a cool little spooky vibe to yeah. it that, that and hooked me. There's also hard work going in there. I'm just yeah. saying, like, think about that. There's a lot of hard work that's going into 
just digging people up with Swiss Army knives. I don't know how big the Swiss Army knife is, though. Um, I have some great news. You do? We have a voicemail. We do? We do. Who is it? It's Jack Albertson, and here's his voicemail. Hey, Amy and Mitchell. Uh, this is Jack Albertson. Al- Al- Jack Albertson. You can cut that. Uh, and I thank you for playing Lifeboat on your show. Um, there is one thing that I thought you might be interested in is the line that you mentioned uh, is not, in fact, dying in my lifeboat. It's actually naive in my lifeboat, um, which is kind of funny because another person in a review said, uh, or I guess heard it as uh, life in my lifeboat uh, or living in my lifeboat, which it's kind of weird that living and dying were the the things that, that y'all heard. But anyway, thank you for playing the song. And uh, enjoyed the podcast and looking forward to more. Thanks. I'm not cutting any of that. And because it's awesome. It and was I loved very, it. very adorable. <laughs> it and was. we love you, Jack. That was, was awesome. Thank amazing. you. amazing. And I'm not the best at hearing lyrics, as proven by this voicemail. And um, it just makes more sense than dying in your lifeboat. Yeah, I, I thought it was living in, in my lifeboat at one point. But yeah, naive in my lifeboat. Yes, apparently we're just, you're living, I'm dying, Jack is naive. And yeah. I'm thinking Jack might be right. I don't know what's giving me that hint. I, I think as listeners, we're, we're welcome to make our own interpretations. And Jack also doesn't post his lyrics on the band camp, so... I think he might want us to kind of interpret it a little uh, bit, maybe. He said he was in an interview, and, like, the interviewer thought that it was right, living. Yeah. Well, hey, you have, like, the majority, though. Everybody's living in the lifeboat. Yeah, that's true. So, hey, this is better than the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, thank you so much. We haven't gotten a voicemail in so yeah, long. Yeah, I really appreciate so it, Jack. Thank and you. It was on. it was on Sunday. Yeah. It was when the show dropped. That was amazing. If you do want to contact us on the Twitter... Mm-hmm. Which I may or may not be the most amazing at, uh, you know, tweeting right now. But the show is at End Pod. You are at Pow. I gotcha. And I'm at Madam Woolite. You can join the show, like, and all the other listeners on Earbuds and Earworms podcast group, which is how the show gets made. Voicemail line, like Jack Alverson. The phone number is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. You can email the show at endpod at gmail.com and you can find the show at endpod.com, part of the 10710 network. What? Okay. I have so many feels about (laughs) this whole band. I just love this band. What song did you bring? Yeah, so I'm going to close us out with Fleet Foxes, a song called Sim Salabim. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what about this song makes me think of Autumn, but it's definitely got that vibe to it. And it has these two distinct sections. Uh, the first is like this very dark, folksy melody that describes a kind man like petting his dog and heading off into the night, presumably escaping or leaving something or someone behind. And then it heightens with the lyrics, Then the earth shook. That was all that it took for the dream to break. Mm-hmm. And then it like, goes into these like sort of esoteric lyrics about enchantment and incantations. And then that whole movement leads into the second discrete section of the song, which is all instrumental and very celebratory and dancey sounding. 
And so in one song, we get the leaves turning and falling and a sort of mourning, but then it gives way to a celebration of leaving all that behind and a sense of optimism about the potential for rebirth. Uh, It's one of my absolute favorite Fleet Foxes songs, and I hope it makes all of your autumns a good one. So enjoy Fleet Foxes, Sim Salabim. Lighting a match on the suitcases Latching the fading night Ruffled the fur of the collie neath the table Ran out the door through the dark Carved out his initials in the bar that was all that it took for the dream to break All the loose ends would surround me again in the shape of your face What makes me love you despite the reservations? What do I see in your eyes?